And uh, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, I love you, Lord. I thank you for your time that we have to spend together. Lord, I pray that you just be with us as we open up your word, Lord, and talk about the issue of truth. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's start where we left off last time. We're talking about metaphysics. We're talking about Christian apologetics. I'm trying to art, argue or give a defense for my belief in the God of the Scriptures. And uh, we've talked about several things, just the concepts of truth and things of that nature. Of course, Jesus Christ says, I am the truth. And that's ultimately where we're headed in our conversation. Let's, let's go where we left off last time. Proverbs chapter 1, if you have your Bibles. Proverbs 1. Verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, this idea of knowledge, that's uh, just a different way of saying truth. This certain knowledge is what we're talking about and so far we've talked about just the fact that there is truth there we, we don't live in this random world where there is no meaning there is no purpose there is no value there is truth the truth is out there there is something to be known and that thing whatever the ultimate truth is is that which makes sense of all that there is uh and there is an ultimate answer to things tangible. Those are things you and I can touch, see, feel, smell, but also the intangible things, the things like thoughts, like my thought of an elephant versus Niall's thought of an elephant. We're not going to be able to pick, pick our brains apart and say, aha, here's his thought of an elephant. That's, that's not something you can see, touch, measure, uh, but it's real. Things like love, um, things of that nature, or even anger <laughs> or something like that. Those, those are real truths in this world and they have a first cause and they have a final cause and there's a first cause and final cause of all things you're fine and uh, the Bible declares that Christ is the first cause and the final cause of all things it says in Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 and 17 it says all things were made by him that's he's the first cause he's the one that set it in motion he's the one that caused it to be to the to, to, that brought it about, but it also also all things were created for him. He's the final cause. He's the goal. He is that to which all things are pointed. He is the purpose for that for all things that were created. Were created for his glory and for his honor. So uh, we also talked about the fact that when we're talking about knowledge, when we're talking about truth, it's something that is intensely personal. Uh, if there is something that you know, you not only know there's an object-subject relationship, like here's a fork, and I know something about this fork. I'm the I'm the subject. This is the object. Uh, but also the idea that that uh, that there's not just these independent facts that are floating around. Uh, I was thinking about this earlier. Uh, it's not just that we live in a world where 2 plus 2 equals 4, as if that's just this independent fact floating around. Uh, but we live in a world where that is true because the mind of God has made it true, 
and then he created a world in which it was true and created our minds to know it, know it to be true and to know that he's the one that revealed it. Does that make sense? Uh, so it's not just this independent fact. It's a fact that flows from the existence of God. And no, not every piece of knowledge is like that. It is not, it's just as, it's just as real as that person, if that letter that you find that say, that says, honey, will you please pick up a gallon of milk on your way home? That's, that, 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 that there is real, in, where there's information, there's not only a knower and a thing that's known, but there is a revealer of that truth. There is one that wrote it, that made it so, that created it to be like that. And, and so God, uh, Every truth that you and I encounter is the voice of God declaring himself to us in a specific way. And we do not create that knowledge. Like, there's not one person in here that made 2 plus 2 equal 4. <laughs> no, I mean, but we find it true in our experience repeatedly. We find it true in our experience because it's part of the fabric of reality, a reality that we did not create but was created by God, the first and final cause of that truth. And that God is, in that, in that little thing, like 2 plus 2 equals 4, has made himself known to us. And that is so. Uh, going back to this idea where it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If you deny the existence of God, if you deny the reality of the God as the God that is the first and final cause of all things then whatever you're studying, whatever you think you know, you don't really know it because you don't know its first cause, how it came to be. You don't know its purpose, what it's for. You might know how long it is or how much tensile strength it has or how, whether or not it'll leave a mark if you scrape it against something or something like that, but you don't know it. You don't have any real certain knowledge of it. And that's why it says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So this idea that there is... Uh, these independent truths, that there isn't a revealer of truth that is out there that, it, that, that has made these facts known is, uh, is uh, foolishness. Uh, and that's really where we left off. I, I think we were just talking about the nature. Of, well, actually, we started getting into truth and history, right? Uh, we talked about pre-modernism, and we were getting ready to talk about modernism. What is pre what came before the Christian worldview really grabbed our culture was this paganism. What is paganism? What is the what are the what are the aspects of paganism? You have polytheism, the worship of many different gods. Usually, every nation had had its own god, but they had all their small gods. They would worship this god in order to get good good crops, and they'd usually sacrifice babies or you know uh, um, have have weird sexual rites that they do in their temples in order to guarantee these crops that are grown. And See ya. Uh, well, I mean, it depends. We can really, I mean, there's different beliefs on that. I haven't really studied much of the origin of Santa Claus. Was there a Saint Nick? and Or uh, was there a... Uh, was there, a, was there a Saint Nicholas? Did he give gifts? Got, there, is there historical things to it? Or is there a, this idea that he's a demigod? Is there, is there things of that nature there? That, there's definitely a mixture of different beliefs that gave rise to that. But uh, you had the polytheism, the worship of many gods, this idea of animism, that every 
everything has its own spirit. That's why the trees have the spirit and the grass has the spirit and everything else like that. And the ancestor worship and, and, uh, and, uh, things of that nature. But along came Christian, the Christian thought, uh, really before that monotheism, the monotheism of the Jewish community and things of that nature. But, but, but Christian thought in the Western world was re- really took over after the, after the, uh, after the conversion of Constantine and things of that nature. So what, 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 was, what are we talking about with pre-modernism? What is the belief of the Christian, or at least the Christian philosophy? It is simply this. We live in a world of certainty because there's a God that created truth. He's the, there's a God that created a uniformity of natural causes. The sun rises because God is in control. The sun sets because God is in control. Things are repeatable. Science is possible. Things of that. Why? Because God is God has created an order, orderly universe. But we also live in a world where God has revealed Himself. And how does He reveal Himself? But through the miraculous. So miracles are possible. Things of that nature are possible. So we live simultaneously in a Christian worldview in this world of certainty, and in a world of awe. In this. Uh, in, in, a, in a mysterious world, if you would, because God has made himself known in it. And this, uh, this idea that all knowledge has God as its starting point. How do we know what we know? Because there is a God that is above us. There is a creator, and everything else is his creature, and that God has made things known in this world. And therefore, knowledge is possible because God is the starting point. So I want to pick up from there, and I want to talk about something called modernism. Anybody ever heard the term modernism before? Modernity, they would call it, some people. Uh, modernism, uh, in, to give you an oversimplified view of history, Western thought abandoned its pre-modernism, which was basically Christian ideology, Uh, in favor of modernism, and the basic premise of modernism is that God is not the starting point for knowledge. We don't need God to know something. We are the starting point for knowledge. And this gives birth to something called the Enlightenment, um, or, uh, or something of that nature, and what we would call humanism. Humanism isn't necessarily always a bad thing, and it wasn't so in this, this, this idea that we get back to the human thought and the human experience and we start trying to work things out. But it is it was bad in the fact that it said we are the starting point. We can figure out everything that we, everything for ourselves. Um, has anybody ever heard of Rene Descartes, a philosopher by the name of Rene Descartes? Anybody? Well, if you haven't heard of Rene Descartes, you've heard his famous cogico ergo sum, which means, I think, therefore, I am. am. (laughs) You've heard that phrase before. And that that was a basis for his radical, his system of philosophy that engaged this radical doubt, where he allowed himself to doubt everything until he found something that he could not doubt, which was his own thoughts. And he tried to build from his own thoughts to the idea of God. And he was sort of noble in his pursuit. He wanted to get a knock-down, drag-out argument for the existence of God. So, therefore, he said, I think, therefore, I am, and then he reasoned up to the existence of God. Sounds good, right? So, the problem is, is he became, his own thoughts became 
his starting point instead of God, instead of the reality of God being the starting point his thoughts himself became the starting point so i think therefore i am started with that that philosophy was the beginning of what we would call modernism um, and it became prevalent philosophy in all of science, in all of politics. It just permeated our entire culture, this idea of modernism. And it, was, and, it's, and it says, and it promises you, you can figure out all your answers yourself. You can do it. You, you, you can pull yourself, we can all just pull ourselves up by uh, our own bootstraps and we can figure it all out. And and this gave rise to things like scientism, this idea, uh, or a logical positivism. These are different philosophies that says, okay, we can start with science, our experience. We can we we can do all of our experiments, and we can figure out the truth about everything. And science and and that and science, the idea that is now that science tells us everything. If if you you can, uh, science can give your answer to every single question that you have uh, or we could start with our own thoughts not our own experience science but our own thoughts that's philosophy we can just figure it out well, step by step by step by step and it doesn't matter that Descartes started with his his humanistic philosophy and argued up to God and Leibniz started with the same same uh uh idea and argued for pantheism and they all came up with different answers start using the same methods of of figuring it out step by step uh, because the starting with the starting point being us we can never reach certain conclusions and that's how science works that's how philosophy or the philosophy of science works uh, we do not science does not start with uh, deductive reasoning you've, you've heard uh, 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 Sherlock Holmes uh, deduction, my dear Watson. That you that he's talking about deductive reasoning. You all, uh, deductive reasoning is simply this: you start with a universal truth that you know to be true. All men are mortal. Then you see, then you give a premise. Uh, Josh is a man. Therefore, Josh is. Well, he's a man, so, but if all men are mortal and Josh is a man, then Josh is mortal. Okay, that's deductive reasoning. We started with certain knowledge, absolutely certain knowledge. And we give a premise. Josh, uh, all men are mortal, and we now know Josh is definitely a man, so therefore he's mortal. The problem is that's not how science works because we, if you've done away with God, you have no certain knowledge except for what you can figure out yourself. Science is built upon inductive reasoning. Every crow I have ever seen is black. Premise number one starts with my experience. Every crow I have ever seen is black. There's a crow in the next room. That crow is... What? I don't really know what that crow is. <laughs> It could be an albino for all. We, it, we, I may open that door and discover the very first albino crow. It's possible. I can never be certain that the next time something happens, it's going to be in line with my experience. That's, the, that's one of the great failures of modernism. We have no certain knowledge. All I can say is it's probably so. Based upon my experience, 
that crow is probably going to be black, but I don't know. So, so we have done away with certain knowledge by the embracing of modernism. Uh, the, so the problem is the problem is with modernism is we cannot get there from here. It's a bridge too far. I cannot get to heaven from here. I mean, where's the net? Where, where's the next? Where's the exit? I got to get to to get to heaven, uh, to get to God, to get to certainty, to get to truth, to get to knowledge, to get to anything real. Where do I? How do I get there? Uh, we have no capability of leading to anything but doubt. In fact, as we get deeper into the mystery of this world in which we exist, we learn that. Uh, any of you all Breaking Bad fans? Okay, so he called himself Heisenberg, right? What, what, what was that based upon? It was based upon that <laughs> physicist, Heisenberg. What was Heisenberg famous for? The uncertainty principle. That the more I know about the velocity of a thing, the less I know about its location. The more I know about a location of a thing, the less I know about its velocity. I can, I, I always a trade-off of certainty. The more I know about something, the less I know about something else. This is the uncertainty principle. And, and the world gets more and more mysterious as our... As our microscopes get bigger and bigger, the more we're, we're the more uncertain we are about the concreteness of the very world, because our experience cannot get us there. Uh, there's no certain uniformity of nature now, because we can never like the crow. I can never be sure that that is going to be a black crow when I experience the next crow, or something to that. Because there is no certainty or uniformity of nature now. Um, so. So there are no predictable patterns to the, the, that, that are able to discover. And further, modernism can never tell me anything. I cannot. How, how many of you all have ever met someone that can rationalize anything? In fact, I'd base, I'd say that I'd say that there's people in this room that right now that can probably rationalize just about anything they do. I know people that could literally kill and still and do all kinds of things and give you a reason, a rational reason, why it was okay for them to do it. Why? Because, well, because we're sinners. And we like sin. And we can rationalize why, why it is we sin. And there's no more. And I can't, I can't take science and ever say it's wrong to kill. In fact, one of the things we learn by studying nature is nature is red in tooth and claw. Anybody ever seen that movie, Natural Born Killers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. terrible. Te <laughs> what was his argument at the end? I'm just doing what I what I what what by nature I do. Yeah. Nature kills you, he, and the whole thing is this 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 is a picture of the failure of modernism to ever give us anything concrete or anything real. Uh, the problem of Nuremberg. Um, with with uh, when they brought the Nazis to trial, is they wanted to give a humanistic, rationalistic reason why these men are wrong, a scientific reason why they were wrong. Unfortunately, they were unable to put any blade of grass underneath a microscope and discover, "Thou shalt not kill." You couldn't do it. You cannot get there from here. You cannot get the moral certainty any more than you can get to uh, uh, metaphysical certainty if you start with your own mind or you start with your own experience. We're lost when we start to our, with ourselves. Does that make sense? I, I, I sometimes feel like I'm just babbling, but I'm trying to bring this home here from what we were talking about in the last couple of weeks. Why is 2 plus 2 equal 4? 
It's because it's a certain knowledge that has been revealed to us by God. The mind of God made it so, created it in reality to be so, created my mind to know it to be so, and to know him through it. That is what that is the nature of truth. And when I lose that he is the cause of two plus two equals four, when I lose that he is the cause of this or that, that he's the first and final cause, I lose all that certainty and I'm literally lost. Modernism showed us to be lost. Where did modernism lead us to? It led us to gas chambers. It led, it led us to dictatorships and, and all kinds of things. It says, we've got it all figured out. We've got the answers. And they killed a million people, or so people to prove that they had the answers. I mean, bad, someone says bad theology kills people. Bad philosophy kills people. It does all the time. In fact, modernism fails because its starting point is the sinner. The sinner who is already against God and wants to, by his experience or thoughts or mind, to get what he wants. And is that a good starting point? Is the person who is already against God and wants only to fulfill his own lust and wants to give a reason for it. Uh, so the assumptions of modernism has led us to nowhere. And if it wasn't for the, it wasn't for the uh, Reformation ideas becoming prominent again to set again this pre-modernistic thought that God is the beginning of our knowledge, then there would have never been the great strides in science and, and things of that nature. Uh, what has modernism given us? It's given us Hitler. It's given us Marx. It's, it's given us uh, Stalin. It's given us history of bloodshed. And that's what it's given us. More people died in the 20th century because of modernistic thought than had died in all the centuries put together before. And it's and that's where modernism leads us. And that brings us to the next step in culture, where we're at now. So let's see if you all can follow the line of thought here. We have pre-modernism, we have modernism, and now we have post-modernism. What is after modernism? Well, it's right where we're at. Uh, the next step in Western culture, it leads us right back to really to paganism, and that's postmodern thought. <clears throat> postmodern thought begins right where modernism led to, despair. There is no truth. What is the starting, the starting point for pre-modernism was God. The starting point for modernism was self. The, start, the starting point for postmodernism is there is no starting point. Um, we've we got this a lot in our movies, and in the '40s and '50s, you had these existential philosophers that started doing a critique of modern thought. Uh, men like Alberto Camus, uh, John Paul Sartre, uh, philosophers uh, of that ilk, um, Samuel Beckett, uh, waiting for God, it kind of thing, waiting for answers that are never going to come, waiting for a God that will never come. So John Paul Sartre told the story. Uh, one of his famous books was Simple Nausea. It just makes you sick. <laughs> Reality makes you sick. Uh, just, the, just the thought of it. Uh, Alberto Camus came to the conclusion in his existential philosophy that the only question left for us now that modernism has failed is why not commit suicide. That's where modernism left us. When we were lost without God, that's it. And we see that a lot still <laughs> reflected in our art today. Um, that everything is meaningless. There is no re there is no purpose. There, the, everything becomes nihilistic. 
Um, it states that there is no absolute truth, that there is no meta-narrative. That's the language of postmodernism. Uh, a a meta-narrative is this overarching story that is true everywhere. Like 2 plus 2 equals 4 is kind of a microcosm of that. It's true everywhere. So this story, this narrative that's true in all times and in all places, they say, no, that's not true. There is no story that's true everywhere. There's only group truth. This group has their truth. This group has their, this tribe has their truth. This tribe has their truth. And it's all about what they call the group narrative. And and all and me sitting here talking about truth is all of a sudden a very violent thing. Why is it violent? Because me telling you that something is true is me trying to take power over you. And it becomes suspicious of all truth claims. That person is just trying to get power. So he's saying 2 plus 2 is 4. <laughs> and when, when, when 2 plus 2 could be 5 and my bank account could be doing a whole lot better <laughs> than it's doing right now. Uh, no, no, but truth claims are seen with suspicion. That person is from another group and that person is saying what they're saying so they can have power over us. Uh, and really this is where philosophy has brought us. How many of you have you've heard of uh, Nietzsche, right? The philosopher Nietzsche, God is dead and we killed him. Uh, that guy, uh, uh, he, was a, he was a good Hegelian. And, what, and the, the last throes of modernism gave us this postmodern thought. And what that was is, is uh, if you want to get into the philosophy of Hegel and stuff like that, is... Um, is everything is progress. There is no certain truth. Uh, I always get a little nervous whenever I bring up uh, Hegel as the philosopher. Hegel believed that history is this eye-opening experience for God, this process theology. And what you, what you had with Hegel is, is you have this thesis, this true statement. And that true statement, when it's spoken, automatically is pitted against its antithesis. So you have thesis and antithesis, and they conflict one with another. And when they conflict, there is progress because out of that conflict becomes a synthesis. And that synthesis becomes a new thesis, which is pitted against a new antithesis and produces a new synthesis, and so on, in this, in this progress. And what, what it sounds lofty, but you had two disciples of Hegel uh, that you all know. You all have heard of both of these disciples. The first applied this to <coughs> biology. His name was Charles Darwin. He said, All of life is progress, whereby conflict has created progress to happen, and everything progressed to where it is now and will continue to progress, and we're going to... You know, become our own gods one day. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, lose the tail on our mind, and you know, open up our third eye, and just, just all, all this, you know. It, but history is all this struggle that produces progress. So he took Hegel and he applied it to Dar Darwin. Applied it to biology, and then along came a man named Karl Marx. He applied it to politics, and which has since been applied to everything in our day. 
Uh, Marx says everything is everything is progressing. We went from feudalism to capitalism, and the next step is is communism, and we're going to have and we're developing, and we're going to have this heaven on earth, and everything else like that, and and all this going to happen. But in this world of progress, which is our postmodern world, nothing is true. What was true a thousand years ago? true may not be true today and what's true today may not be true tomorrow and that's so with morals uh what was wrong to do a hundred years ago might be perfectly right for us to do today and so you you can picture a world of progress where it might be perfectly all right to torture babies one day or something like that there is no moral truth in this world of progress there's only this changing system and this fight for and this fight for what we call the narrative. So all truth claims in postmodernism is simply are power plays that happen. Um, the end result is it does not really matter if anything is true or not. What matters is the power it exerts. Nietzsche talked about the will to power. Uh, uh, James, uh, the, philo- the the Psychologists talked about the will to believe as well and stuff like that. Uh, all that's kind of the same philosophy. But, but in this world, it no longer matters if anything is true. What matters is its ability to take power. Science stops becoming a tool for discovering truth and becomes a sociological end of the ruling class to rule over others. Uh, and you start seeing everything through this lens of of this uh, progress. Education stops being about teaching people to be free thinkers. <laughs> Hopefully in a Christian education, people to teaching people to be God-fearing thinkers. Uh, but teaching people to think, education is no longer about teaching people to think, but now, according to the philosopher James Dewey, it's about social engineering about producing these people to be to be to believe this socially and to do this socially and about it's about a matter of control. We see this in the media. Doesn't matter if something is true or not when it's on Fox News or CNN. What are they fighting for? They're not fighting for truth. They're not trying to make sure the truth is known. They're fighting for their political party. Right? Whichever side you're on. You turn on Fox News, or say they're, they're reporting the same story, but they're reporting it with a spin that benefits their people. And you turn on CNN, they, they're reporting the same thing, but they're reporting it with a spin that benefits their people. And, <laughs> and, and that's how postmodernist philosophy works. Uh, it's all about this group narrative, and it's all about us using our voice to gain power and things of that nature. And that, that so what 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 we've done what we've come to since we've since God stopped being the starting point for all of our knowledge, and then we tried to make ourselves, and then we said it's not ourselves, there is no starting point, and we're all just sitting there squabbling for power. And there is a certain aspect where a lot of this is true, and if we don't have God, all we have is just what little bit we can get here. And we are returning to we are returning to uh, the paganism of yesteryear, where we all have our tribes, and we all have our gods, and the various gods that we worship, 
and we're all willing to fight and kill to make sure our gods are seen to be superior than other people's gods and so on and so forth. That's, that's, that's where we're back. And that's not the way it is. There is a meta-narrative. There is a voice that has spoken from outside of humanity. See, if it was me, if it was Jason Tackett theology, it would be no good. Because I'm not a voice that has spoken outside. I, I'm not a someone who has looked from a million foot view and say, okay, this is the truth of the matter. And neither of you, and neither. But there's a God that has spoken. John 17, 17. Sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. So if you do not... Postmodernism has just brought us back to the place where there is no truth. And truth is whatever we make it. And I get to design myself. I get to create myself. I get to do this. I sat in a, in a training for work one day where this, where this guy was leading everyone in a meditation. For the, and they were all repeating their mantras and their meditation. And what was he telling them to repeat? You are a co-creator of God. You are the creator of your own life. You are this. That's... That's this postmodern and modernistic thought that pervades. It's the same lie that was told in the garden to man. If you eat the fruit, you can be you can be your own god, deciding for yourself good and evil, deciding for yourself what is right and wrong, deciding for your, and it's the same lie that is being repeated. You can create yourself. You are what you are in your mind. I I I. I I don't want you to get the idea that I don't like movies and stuff, but uh, but I had to watch several uh, kids' movies uh, with with the babies now, and uh, and Inside Out. You all seen that one? A little Disney cartoon, and then the and the fact is, well, the main character Riley. It's all about what's going on in her head, where she is creating everything about herself in her own head. The truth about her is the structures in her own mind. Well, that's where we are. I, I, I am my own truth. And that is, that, that is the voice of one that is lost. Again, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. I'm not the creator of reality. God is the creator of reality. God made 2 plus 2 to equal 4. God made me to know that truth and to know him through that truth. And that God is, is not silent. Again, John 17, 17, if you want to look at that one more time. And I think, uh, hopefully I'm not putting anybody to sleep because I, I start talking about this stuff and I start feeling like I'm babbling. But God said, Jesus Christ said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. He is, he is the God of truth. He has created truth. He has created this world as it is. He's created you as you are and this everything else. Is, and, and it's something to be, truth is, truth is something to be submitted to. It's something that, something that we know God through. So uh, in closing there, uh, G.K. Chesterton, he was a Catholic philosopher um, from the early century. He said, he said this about God. He said, God is like the sun. You can't stare directly into the sun, but without it, you can't see anything else. And there's a lot of truth to that. I, I, 
I, I cannot stare directly into God. <laughs> no man has seen God at any time. But without God, I couldn't see or know anything else. He becomes the foundation of everything. He becomes the foundation for which I know. He is the first and final call, the not, final cause of all that I know and all, the, and all truth that is there. And that, of course, brings us to the person of Christ, and I think we're going to save that for next week. Uh, I want to talk just mainly about what do we mean when we... What does Jesus mean when he says, I am the truth? Uh, and there's some specific things that come out of that. Um, but... Uh, what? Well, well, I, my preaching does that quite a bit sometimes. I, there, there's a, there's this guy a guy at the church. <laughs> bless bless him! About about twenty minutes into every sermon, I hear him snoring in the background. And he, he, I put him right to right to sleep. So, so I don't know if that's good or bad. But uh, any questions, complaints, or grievances? All right. I want to give every anybody a chance to grieve if they want to grieve. <laughs> anyway, I, I want to present to you just simply this truth that that uh, that there's this God that is there, and this God is essential. I I I I know as you're all working through steps and things of that nature, um, we talk about the God of your understanding and things of that nature. I would implore you all to make sure that what it, you're never going to be able to wrap your mind around the truth of God. He's always going to be bigger than our understanding. Uh, his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. But there is a most high God. And I would implore you all to seek that God because, because there's nothing more important than knowing God. And to settle on something less... I mean, I, I heard I, someone once told me this. He says, if I can get someone to believe that chair is God, then then it can help them get sober, and that's well and good. Uh, and I want you, I, I want more nothing more than everybody in here to be sober. But I I want to rephrase that. There is something I want more than that. I want you all to know God. And because if you know him, if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. That's the words of Jesus Christ. Uh, the truth will make you free. And uh, I want to I commend you. Seek the most high God. Because it's that God that created this world. And created everything in it. And created you with the mind that you have to know it and know him through it. And I want to commend that God to you. Uh, Anyway, if there's no questions or grieves, <laughs> griefs or anything like that, we will uh, we will uh, stop there.